Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, joined with my co-host, Mr. Cornell George. How you doing tonight, buddy? Good, good. Just got back from the gym, came back, ate some ribs, ate some ice cream sandwiches. Nice. Now I'm ready, ready for the show. Yeah, ribs and ice cream sandwiches. I mean, you can't go wrong with that combination. If I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we, we were like we were just talking about before, like the the idea of how much we can consume in that that realm. Um, it, it's just, it, it's crazy. It, it brings a little bit of guilt, but I love it. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I love about eating ribs, especially like day old ribs is you, you get a couple of racks out there. I, I leave them about maybe six inches each, right? Um, uh, five or six on each rib. And I, I take them out and microwave them a little bit, not, not hot, but not cold. Yeah. Just enough to get kind of the fats. So it's like sticky and or not sticky. So it's like gooey yep, and not yep. like cold. that sticks to your mouth. And then I just stand there at the counter and dip them in barbecue sauce. And then all three dogs just line up and they're just like, <laughs> we have not eaten for days. So that's, that's the look they give you. That's so the truth. Like, um, I mean, I get that with my eight year old. He's like staring at me like, you going to share that? <laughs> um, Dude, so there's a thing in the restaurant industry, and, and I don't know if this is just restaurant industry, but this is where I learned it, which is like I have a weird love or like a nostalgia feel of standing over the trash can eating. Like that's my <laughs> style. I'll sit there and I'll eat, I'll eat, I'll eat, and then I'll just toss the last like little crumb in the back in there and then grab another slice or you know whatever. But there's a weird thing. Like, especially when I'm barbecuing, I like to just stand there. I like to stand and eat and I eat over the trash can. Mm -hmm. I throw out my bone or whatever. And it's, uh, (laughs) there's something about standing and eating that I really appreciate. I don't know. It's kind of the same idea with, I know you don't have any dogs, but I've got two little dogs and a big dog and it's the same thing, except for you kind of feel like you're this like Greek God and you're just like (laughs) eating, sucking the meat off these bones. And then you're like, I will bless you. You. And then the other two look, look at each other and like, what about us? What about us? Yep. 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 I finally have taught my kids, like, I'm probably not going to share it with you. So if you want one, you're going to have to get it on your own. So, <laughs> uh, that's perfect. yeah, that's fun. And it sounds like my fire alarm's going off. Great. That means yeah. my daughter got out of the shower. She's notorious for taking <laughs> the, the steam showers. Um, so, uh, talk. Okay. I, I know you made them. You just talked about them. I want you to talk about these ribs because I didn't, I don't think we've actually, you've actually told me how you made them. So like, what did you do with them? So I don't know all the real ways to, I mean, you make them how you make them. Yeah. Yeah. The way that my family made them for pretty much my whole life is you get the baby back ribs the and you chop them in about six to eight inches each and you'd you drop them all on a pot of water yep. and then you'd add some salt and some garlic and some whatever else you, that's the time where I love to just kind of go through the pantry mm-hmm. and be like, what am I almost out of 
for seasonings and just dump it in the water. Nice. nice. And you just clear out the pantry. Yeah. And then you just boil them for about 90 minutes. Uh, the bones are almost going to be one of just falling out. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you take them out, dry them off, cover them in some barbecue sauce, and then take them out to the barbecue and just kind of like – uh, not too hot, but not too cool. Just put them on the barbecue and keep brushing more and more sauce onto it. So it bakes it in and then they're pretty much good. I like that. You know, that's, and that- I did, I did do one other rack where I put it in the foil and set it on straight on the barbecue, the whole, that whole 90 minutes real low. Oh, nice. Just to try something else. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, um, that's the, the boiling method. That's the very first method I learned. And in fact, um, I would always do um, at least like two cans of beer in there because, it, you know, the theory is that the alcohol helps tenderize them. But I don't know. I never really got much out of that. So um, I do like to boil them, though. I think that that's a really good move, um, not only for the the texture factor and the, the, the like the pull the bone out factor, because I love mm-hmm. that. Um, but it's it allows you to, you know, like you can boil them the night before and then let them sit in the fridge and then like throw them on the barbecue as needed. I kind of like that. Sure. That's, that's neat. I also like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of simplicity and mm-hmm. making things easy. Mm-hmm. And like you said, where you can, you could pre-do these for like, uh, if you're going to go to some friend's house for a barbecue or yep. for a party or something like that. Yep. And then you can just show up and you're basically heating it up. Uh, you can even like put, take them and put them in a bag full of barbecue sauce and put them in the fridge and let them sit till the next day. Yeah, I love that. And they're going to be great. Yeah. No, they are. Ribs are so, I mean, I don't eat them enough. I got to be honest. I don't eat them enough. And every time I do eat them, I'm like, okay, we're doing more of these. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like like you uh, you had the, the ribs I made at the the Kilo Chasers camp last year. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I, I mean, that's primarily what I did was I boiled them. And then I threw them on the barbecue to get a little bit of char and stickiness on them so I could throw my rub on there. And, and then I just wrapped them in foil and threw them in the fridge and brought them up there and reheated them. And it was perfect. So, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it works out. Um, I, made, I also really like that. Oh, sorry, go. No, no, no. Go ahead. What's up? I was going to say I like the, how easy this is Yeah, because I have some friends with triggers and smokers and stuff, and they're just sitting there, and they're just working it, and they're just babying it. And then mm. I end up with my ribs at a party, and they have their ribs at a party, and they're definitely different flavors, Yeah, but I feel like mine are normally gone first. Yeah, I don't know if I've actually said this on this show. Uh, my big hot take is that triggers are are just big ovens that you put outside. But I'm I'm gonna move on from that so we don't get locked into that one. Uh, <laughs> so I don't uh, have one, so you're good. Yeah, <laughs> I know that about you. Um, you know, I made a elotes. Do you know what those are? No. So it's the uh, the Mexican street corn. Uh, okay. So I, I kind of do this. It's kind of the similar uh, method, and it's one of like. I mean, every time I make it, it's a, it's a house favorite. Like they're like you, again, you need to make more of these, but you boil the corn for about 10 minutes, like corn on the cob. And then you take it out and you put a bunch of like oil and salt on it and throw it on the grill until you start seeing a little bit of char happening. And then what I do is I take them off and I have this mixture that I make. It's equal parts, uh, butter and mayonnaise. And I mix it up and then I put a whole bunch of smoked paprika, some garlic, 
Uh, and then usually I'll find like an herb, like, you know, like sage or something. I'll throw it in there. Um, and then I just, just coat these, uh, the corn on the cobs with those. And then a bunch of like either cotilla cheese or like feta cheese, something dry and salty. And you do, there's nothing when it comes to vegetables, like I, I'm very particular. I eat like four different vegetables, but I eat, I do them really well. So I'm like, but this is one of them. And I'm t- like, it's all over your face. It's great. And it's like the best thing ever. It's the best way to eat corn. That sounds great. I yeah. think I should learn that one. Yeah, I will <laughs> definitely send you the recipe on that. So uh, before we like go into uh, our topic for today, I wanted to throw out there to any of our listeners. I have a pair of unused, brand new, out-of-the-box TYR L1 lifters. They're size 11. If there's anybody out there that needs a pair of lifters or that is like desperate or knows somebody that is like getting into weightlifting and wants to try something, reach out to me on the Instagram page. They will be yours. No charge. I just want to kind of pay it forward and just throw it out there that if, any, if there's any size 11 out there that you need some lifters, maybe can't afford some new ones, come talk to me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I've, I've given away so many pairs of weightlifting shoes just for trying to like help people out and yeah. get them into the, the sport that I love. And it's like I don't need all of these shoes. Like at one point <laughs> I did think I did. Right, right. Uh, but I know I don't, and maybe I needed them so I could give them away. Well, and I think – you said something the other day on our, our Marco Polo thing that were like, you were like, yeah, because you're, you're teaching a class. And you're like, I spent half the class explaining why lifters were important. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it got me thinking, like, there's people out there that maybe not, they're expensive. Lifters are expensive. And especially if you don't know where to go, like, um, or, or if you're, you know, weird about wearing used shoes, like, it's an investment. And I think that uh, you take care of them, they'll last you long enough. Um, there's, some, there's some pros and cons to these lifters, um, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Anybody out there, hit me up on the Instagrams, and we'll go that route. All right, dude. Um, as you know, I went on a little vacation, right? And so whenever I do this, I like to do – I do morning walks. Um, usually when I'm at home, I do night walks. But when I go on vacations, I do morning walks, and – I start, I'll start, I'll usually throw on a podcast and I started learning about this, uh, term that I've never really actually heard much about it. Um, but it really fascinated me. And so I started really diving deep in, it's called dirty bulking and dirty bulking. I, the, on my mind immediately went to like somebody's doping or drugs or, and I was like, Whoa, what are they talking about? But the way that it came up in the conversation was dirty bulking when, when, um, maybe, uh, somebody's going through the, uh, puberty period can stunt your growth. And I started learning about that. But I think the way I want to talk about it today is like just talking about what it is and not necessarily having an agenda with it. Have you heard of dirty bulking before? Not too much, but I have heard of clean bulk, like a, mm. doing a clean bulk versus, um, uh, I'm assuming versus a dirty bulk. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that most of the time when people think of like, I'm in a bulking phase, they're just like, oh, they're just going to eat anything they can get their hands on. They're, they're throwing out 
the window, like what's good for you, what's bad for you. Right. Uh, they're just going to be eating massive amounts of ice cream, candy, and whatever else they can get their hands on. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's in in so many terms, that's what it is. Basically, um, I found out it's it's uh, eating as much as possible with the highest caloric intake to achieve a significant gain. And what I found out was like, I mean, this is really big in the bodybuilding world, but as you and I both know, it does come up a lot in the weightlifting world, like a ton. And I think that, I think that there needs to be some education around it. Now, there's one thing that um, was very clear through all my research and all my like listenings that dirty bulking doesn't refer to like dirty eating or clean eating because dirty bulking is based off of a quantity and not a quality. So you could be eating quality, like really quality food and just like the massive amount of caloric intake. But it's still, what I found out is it's still bad for you. And I mean, we can kind of go through on why it is, but like, you know, growing up in, in the weightlifting world, um, it was always like, I don't want to use the word preached, but it was definitely drilled into my head that you need to eat everything you possibly can get your hands on to the point where my first weightlifting session that I ever did, like I'm talking like snatch, clean and jerk, squat. Um, and this was coming out of CrossFit, but this was actually like weightlifting session. Um, I went home and I ate a giant bowl of chili. And on my way home, I had two quarter pounder. I got two quarter pounders of cheese. And I actually have a picture of this day because I came from the CrossFit world. And as we all know, the CrossFit world is about restricting your eating. So this was like I went to Disneyland. <laughs> I was like, I can eat all this? And the person that I, I lifted with was like, yes, you need to eat more than that. And I look back at that, and I'm just like, I, 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 I never questioned it. But I think it's smart to question that thought. I don't know. What, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that? So... I think that some of the stuff we need to kind of take into account is there's certain I'm, – I'm trying to think of like – I'm trying to put the right words to it. But if you look at – this is going to be maybe seem like a little bit of a tangent. But if you look at the people who are the most against drinking alcohol. Okay oftentimes are recovering alcoholics. Mm -hmm. If you look at the people who are the most against smoking, people who quit smoking. Okay. Um, I feel like if you're looking at, if someone is telling you nonstop that you need to eat, you need to eat, you need to eat. These are people who are never good at eating and never good at taking in the food. Yeah. That's so a good point. there's a good chance that some of these people that are, constantly pushing eat 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 don't eat huh. and they're just repeating back everything that was said to them because that's what their mentors coaches etc were constantly telling them but that might not be your problem that's not my problem that was their problem right right so i don't know if that makes sense but i think that there's oftentimes i look at What's being told to me, and then I take a step back and I look at okay, if this is if this person is telling me this stuff nonstop, because that's what their coaches were saying, but they didn't say it to everybody else. 
um, cause they didn't have that problem, then maybe I don't have that problem. And this person is just repeating back what was constantly told to them. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good uh, perspective because, um, it just, it kind of goes to show you that like, as I don't know, as, um, coaches, as, uh, you know, lifters that have been in lifting for a long time, uh, you know, people that are on podcasts, people that are out there at the, all the meets, I think there's a, there's a level of responsibility that needs to be taken, uh, when it comes to very specific things. And I think eating is one of them, you know, um, training methodology is, is what it is. And I think that, um, that, that doesn't, and that put, that comes high on the list, but I really feel like something that can affect your health dramatically, like, like dirty bulking, um, needs to be taken with a little bit more responsibility before you start just throwing out there. Like you just need to eat, 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 eat. Now I'm going to put a disclaimer on this because I'm not, I'm, there is no, like, I've heard this in a couple different areas. So I want to make sure that's, uh, that's being said, but I also want to make sure that, that, um, we're, you know, listeners, you're understanding like where we're coming from on this, because the idea of this dirty bulking, it, to me seems like a very lazy approach to, um, getting a gain. It's like, um, it's like the next step is to basically, uh, you know, start, you know, go get on some trend, right? It's like, you know, because it, this, I mean, if you're going to lo- think about loading your body up with as much calories as possible in my mind, based off what I know about nutrition, I know that that's going to have like tremendous amount of negative effects to you. You know, it's going to, um, it's going to lessen your hormones. First of all, um, there's depression, there's sluggish, there's stress, heart, cardio, fat gain. And then the top one that I found like bad sleep and I just thought when I saw bad sleep, I was like, my mind was blown because I was like, there have been multiple times where I'm like, I just can't get good sleep. And I started looking at my diet. And when I changed that to a much, I'm not going to even say clean diet, but when I changed it to a diet that, that worked for my body, um, it, it dramatically changed. And I think that's really, um, another, another idea is that like, we're all individuals, all of our body process and metabolize things at a different rate. So to put a blanket statement out there that we need to eat, eat, eat everything you possibly can, I think is a bit irresponsible. Yeah. I, I think another thing that we as weightlifters, this is, I'm not trying to like discourage anyone, but 99.999% of you are not going to the Olympics. (laughs) This is a, this is a hobby. Yeah. Uh, we do like I do. And I know you do. We are trying to push our bodies as far as we can to see what we're capable of, but it doesn't mean I'm willing to become a diabetic potentially or push my body to the point where I say to myself, I'm going to make, 15 attempts at snatching 170 kilos when I'm not capable of that. Yeah. But like, what if I made it and then get hurt, blow out a shoulder, uh, hurt my back, do something that I can't work for. Like this is still a hobby. Yeah. And this is what we're the, I think that 
trying to remember who said it, but the the key to getting good in this sport is longevity, ah. and it's being able to like how do you get as people come up to me and they're like how how did you get to the point where you can snatch what you can snatch and I'm like well I've been doing it ten years right. and I honestly have never taken a break other than being injured and when I am injured I'm working around it yep in ten years this November yeah. Like that's the real key. And I've had friends talk to me about like, I think I'm going to try these steroids. I'm going to go on this. I'm going to go on that. And I'm like, how come? Like I want to snatch a hundred kilos. I'm like, you can snatch a hundred kilos. What if I want to snatch 120? I'm like, well, if you're consistent, like give yourself two years, you'll snatch 120. If you go on steroids, maybe a year and a half, it's not going to, it's not gonna. It's not the wonder pill that's just gonna make you strong and give you better technique. Right. So. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. Like the technique, there's nothing, no food out there, there's no drug out there that's gonna give you good technique. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm five years in into the sport, and I still struggle with technique. I've talked to people at the masters competitions that are like technique for me, like is a challenge every day, but there's something you said there that really makes a, a big difference in the mindset of how we approach food as athletes, which is play the long game. Like yeah. play. And because if you're, if you're playing the short game, then why are you doing this? Because I, I just think that there's not enough um, reward to, to get in and do weightlifting for a year and then just drop out. Like, um, and that's coming from a very biased um, standpoint because I, I've been an athlete all my life. You've been an athlete all your life. And it's like, we don't, you know, we, we don't know any other way. And the most, and I would say most of the people we talk to and hang out with are probably similar in fashion of that, that mindset. Um, but I've always, and I've said this about many things about relationships, um, about my athletics, about the way I parent, you got to play the long game. Like there are certain times that the playing that short game and, and having a short uh, term outcome is beneficial, but don't get hung up on that outcome. It's like, it's like when somebody PRs, you know, like, you know, they, they get their hundred kilo snatch and they're like, all right, I made it. Right. And then they just get <laughs> locked up like, yeah, I'm snatching a hundred kilos, but that's cool. Snatch hundred kilos, pat on the back. High fives. Okay, the next day, now you're working towards 110. Now, now it's getting harder. And I think the same thing with the food is we got to take in consideration um, our intake of food at the quality and the quantity, but mainly the quantity so it benefits our training, not so it um, gets us bigger gains. It's like you're going after the wrong thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I and I, I think a lot of people they do put too much into the quality of their food that they're eating. Yes. And they will overeat and mm -hmm. overeat and they're wondering why they're not losing weight. I again I I don't hold on <laughs> to certain things very well, but I, I for some reason so there was that was it Super Size Me, the movie that came yep. out. Yep. And I never saw it, but I remember there was another movie that came out where the guy ate 
uh, McDonald's every single day yeah. for like 30 days. Yeah. But he ate responsibly. He ate, uh, I think it was three meals a day, and he ate within his, not, maybe not his macros, but his calorie count. And his health markers actually went up. Yep. Like he was, he wasn't just eating the most caloric thing out there. Right. Um, but it shows that you could essentially eat McDonald's every day and become healthier. And yeah. that's not quality food. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you, uh, you said something very interesting, which is caloric intake to match your body. And then I'm going to take that another step higher and say, you should actually, you know, think about your, what you're putting in your body to match your training. And I think if you, if you put the food in your body to match your training, um, you will see that, uh, you're going to get quicker under the bar. You're going to start PR and you're going to have a little bit more longevity. You're not going to get hurt as easy. There's a, there's a million different, um, benefits to that. Your quality of sleep is going to get better. Your recovery is going to be better. Um, and I was just like, okay, so I was telling my wife this or, uh, this weekend because I didn't touch a barbell for four days, right? Saturday came and <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing to, to say, but like I ate two slices of pizza and like a bowl of salad. And she's looking at me like, who are you right now? <laughs> and I'm like, I go, it's weird because I'm not hungry. And I go, I think it's because I haven't been lifting. And so my body's like, you don't need to eat this food. So just eat what you eat with an, uh, I hate to say a normal person, but eat what, uh, you know, what you would eat on a resting stage, <laughs> whatever you want to call sure. it. But it, it, it's, it's funny because our, our bodies are trained to eat more when we're pushing out more, you know, cause it's a constant cycle of recovery and, and bringing more energy to, uh, the body. Now I had a buddy come up to me today and he's, I think he's two marathons in and he, <laughs> you look at this guy and, and you would think that he's like working out at Kabuki strength. Like he looks like he looks like a, just a heavy lifter, like, and that's all he's ever done all his life. He's just like, you know, bench, squat, deadlifts, and he's a big dude. Um, but he started running marathons, and he his last marathon was a Eugene marathon, and he he did this thing where he has these pouches of food. So every uh, what was it like every ten miles, um, he starts eating as he's running. To try to keep, and, and I guess this is the thing. I've never ran a marathon, and I never, probably never will. To be honest with you, but like, I'm just hearing you say he gets to eat after ten miles. I'm like, I would just not eat because <laughs> I, I wouldn't make it to the ten mile mark. <laughs> Dude, that's so the truth. Like, uh, <laughs> there's there's no way. Um, but he, uh, so he runs with a group, and he's like, you know, I came out of that pretty good. I was a little sore, um, but my my coach told me that. Maybe I should start eating after three miles and then I would be able to stay and sustain the energy. And I'm like, well, you know, I go taking account like the energy that you're, you're using. And then, and then mind you, this guy's eating like the best food you can possibly eat. Right. He's, I mean, I, I've never seen anybody healthier than this guy, but at the same point, like. I think it does, again, it doesn't matter the quality. It matters the quantity, and it's such a big um, issue. I mean, 
I, I just think that, uh, I don't know. I, I did, a, I did a podcast recently, um, with a, a therapist. I don't know if you heard that one with, uh, Jess mm-hmm. and yep, we, we talked about, uh, you know, eating disorders within athletes. And it was really interesting to hear because I, I really think that, um, as athletes, we get the, the, uh, excuse card of like, Hey, guess what? I'm an athlete. I can eat, eat whatever I want. <laughs> and I don't think that that's necessarily okay. And so it was really interesting to, to listen to her talk about, um, a, a disordered eating within an athlete and how much shame comes to it. And one of the things I found out about dirty bulking is the amount of depression people get from it because of how big they're getting. Yeah. So I want to say 2016, 17, mm-hmm. it was before the weight class change. Yep. I decided I was going to hit a body weight of 105 and I was going to live there. I nice. wanted to, I was competing as a 105, but I was lift. I was living around 100 kilos. Awesome. And I'm like, this is right smack in the middle where I don't want to be. So I decided I was just going to go on a very large bulk. Yeah. And I I wasn't eating. I was. I definitely wasn't eating healthy food. But <laughs> I was general. I remember going up to. We went and saw a concert. We went and saw one of my friends up at his college he was at. And it was like a road trip with like four guys. And I was generally eating at least two meals for every meal they were eating. Plus, I would get dessert. Nice. And they were all blown away because I, I wasn't the small guy, but I wasn't the biggest guy. And I was just crushing what he was eating, <laughs> the big guy. And they were just like, how are, how are you eating this much? I'm like, I, I feel that I need to fill this weight class out. And it was really fun for about a month. Yeah. And then I got, I got to that weight that I needed to be at. I did the, my fitness pal calculated my calories that I had to do to maintain that. And it was the weird part was when I was getting bigger, I was maintaining my physique, just getting bigger. Interesting. But then about a month after I got to that weight and I was living then about 104.7 to 105.3, it all just changed and I felt like a big fat guy. (laughs) Like I didn't have, I didn't have the big shoulders anymore. I just had the big stomach. Right. And I didn't have like when I was getting bigger, I was like, this is great. And then it was like, I got there and I was on the top of the mountain or whatever. And then all of a sudden I look around and I'm all alone and I'm just like sad and it wasn't a good thing. <laughs> no. That's that's interesting. I, I mean, did that bring I mean, do you did you feel like you were kind of like shameful on on like your body image and all that? I mean, is that Yeah, I mean, I I didn't feel I definitely didn't feel good about myself. I wasn't sleeping good. Yep. I was like all the things that you just explained was kind of how I felt. Yeah. And and then the weight classes changed and I was like I finally got to the point where I'm good at 105 because it it probably took me about six months of living there for stuff to kind of rearrange and me feeling better where now I'm not eating like four to five thousand calories a day I was down to about like 3600 yeah yeah. uh, 34 36 uh certain days were less certain days were more kind of how it goes um 
but I, I, I actually did fill out the one. Or I, I learned how to maintain the one Oh five, but being healthier yeah, and not just eating everything in sight. And then the weight classes changed and I was like, great, I'm a, officially a one Oh five. And now I've either got to go up to one Oh nine and I don't want to do that again, <laughs> or I got to go down to one Oh two. So I just decided to stay right where I was at, uh, at 105 and be a 109. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I dropped down to 102 a couple times and that sucked. And like right now, I, for the most part, I'm, and again, this is, that was five years ago. So now I can live very comfortably around 107, 108. Oh. And I can eat kind of whatever I want. I'm, I'm reasonable about how much I eat. Yeah. I know that there's certain days when that, when I listen to that show, I remember her saying that there's a lot of people with, and it's like a eating disorder where they're saying, I went to the gym today so I can eat this Yes. or, or vice versa. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow morning so I can eat this. Yeah. And I was like, I totally know so many people who are like that, but I feel now I'm at a place where I'm, I'm really happy with how I am with food and with how many calories I'm eating where I now look at it like, okay, I did uh, five by five squats at like 190 kilos. Right. That's going to really wreck me unless I eat more tonight. Right. Right. So yeah, now I, I look at it much more based on what I did and then calculate what I need to eat. I, I think that, uh, yeah, like I, I, that, that goes along, along the line of what I was just saying, which is, you know, eat for you got to eat to recover but you also have to match your training with how you eat and that takes some some i mean fairly good discipline and i think that's why as athletes you hear i mean and you hear all the instagram you know discipline 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 and and i mean it may be a little gimmicky but it's really true and especially with food been in because this can affect you i mean it can make you swing in so many directions if you're not eating, if you're eating more than you need to be, or if you're just not eating the right foods, you just need to go out there and figure out what, if you want to perform as an athlete, go out there, take the time to figure out, you know, what works for you and what works for your body. Because we all grow up in a certain way. And, and I've heard, I've heard discussions about this of where, you know, our region that we grow up in as, as people really dictate like what our stomachs will be able to digest and how we ingest food, like certain regions of the world, you know, potatoes are great. Other regions, they don't work well with people. And so it, you know, think about, take the time to think about it because then that's really all this is about. It was like, I just, I had this like thought in my head. I'm like, you know, um, I'm in the food industry. I talk about eating a lot and I talk about like what, what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be eating. And, and, But I just want to really put out there, like, take the time to figure out what you as an individual needs to be able to go out there and do a five by five at 190. What the hell, dude? (laughs) I was the five by five at 190. I was like, my my mind just exploded. Well, and my legs started hurting. (laughs) I I would say so. We're we're I know we're we're not necessarily talking a bunch of crap on on this, but we kind of are. But I think that. Like most things, there is a time and a place. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, you, we've, we've done a couple weightlifting camps together. Mm-hmm. 
So that is the perfect time that I think you should be doing this short-term dirty bulk. Yep. Or I wouldn't even call it that. It's just a super caloric intake. Yeah. And one of the other parts that you just you touched on that the sleep doesn't isn't as good. The mm-hmm. sleep isn't as good in the begin or it, it, after you've been doing it a while. Right. In the beginning, you're eating yourself into a coma and you will sleep very well. <laughs> that's, <laughs> and that's put perfectly. <laughs> I've been to a half dozen or more weightlifting camps that are going to be three to six days. Yeah. Those are the only times really now where I'm like, I just need to literally eat everything I can get my hands on. Yeah. Yeah. And in those short, uh, short planned out times, that is where I think it's really good. Cause you're not necessarily, you're, you're in a different environment. You're going to be training potentially two, maybe three times a day. You're going to potentially be pushing. You're going to do a, a week's worth of lifting in a day. And then you're supposed to repeat that for two or three days. So that that's a different situation. So then you really are fueling your body. And I I remember being in that situation in Texas last summer. Yeah. And I was eating everything I could get my hands on. I was also I was lifting so heavy and working out so hard that I couldn't even go and do a lot of the social events that everyone else did because I was just falling asleep because I was that exhausted. But my last session of the four days, I lifted more than my first session of the first day. Right. And it wasn't because like, oh, travel and this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I have, I was like 12 lifting sessions in yeah, and I was still able to maintain that. It wasn't a lot more, but it, I made sure that that one was the last one. And then I didn't touch a bar for like a week and a half. Yeah. Cause I was so broken and dead. It was like <laughs> I, I did what I came to do and now I need to actually like recover, recover, not just yeah. eat and put a bandaid on it with calories. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because there, and as much crap as we are like, or whatever, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm not trying to sway anybody. I don't have an agenda here, but there, you're right. There is a good time to eat because when you're, when you're doing that kind of bulking, um, the one thing that kept on striking in my head was that, well, you're bound to get your macronutrition in because if you just throw <laughs> out a bunch of food, it's going to be in there somewhere. And so it's going to happen. Um, you don't have to track. You don't have to do any prepacking uh, or like food prepping of any sort. And there's potential of strength gain, like you just said. So, that, yeah, no, that's such a solid point, man, because, like, it, it just needs to be understood that, like, balance is really the key here. And that is playing the long game is having balance in your, in your, or or in in the way you take in food versus the way you train, you're training double days for six days. You better be taking in a lot of food, but if you're training three days a week, you know, schedule your food intake or your higher volume food intake around your training sessions, because most likely those training sessions are going to be two plus hours, if not more. Um, so really figure out, like, take some time again, take some time to strategize, figure out what works for you, figure out when to eat, how to eat. Don't just consume everything. But anyways, <laughs> we could probably talk about that for days. <laughs> um, so 
Cornell, you brought up something interesting, and it's something that um, pretty much everybody I know does. But we eat at fast food for convenience, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ate for, I ate for nutrition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buddy. Uh, now, I think there is a very strategic way of eating at uh, eating nutrition or eating fast food and getting that nutrition or getting the recovery or whatever you needed. So I want, I want to hear your, I want to hear your strategy here. Cause you, uh, it sounded very interesting. Uh, yeah, it was trying to think back to all the different times and places and stuff that I've done. Uh, I live in Southern California. Yeah. There's a taco shop on, <laughs> More than every corner. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm jealous about, by the way. <laughs> so some of the ways that, and again, this isn't right now. This is, there's different times in different places. But when I was like cutting down to 102 or when I was uh, trying to get my, just fix some of my blood markers and that kind of stuff from just kind of letting things get away from, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years, so I've, I've tried every diet except for vegetarian. <laughs> I had a quesadilla once, so that was vegetarian, I guess. So I guess that would count. Uh, <laughs> no, but I've done paleo. I've done zone. I've done keto. I've done carnivore. I've done like everything you can think of. Yeah. And there are many ways that you can eat a lot healthier than, than you might think. Right. And like for me, I can drive through any one of these burrito places and just order a pound of carne asada or a pound of chicken mm-hmm. or a pound of pork. And they'll just put it in a in a big to-go bin like that they would put like beans in or whatever. Yeah. And then I've just got a, a pound of meat right there. Uh, the wow. same thing. I know that not everybody lives where I live and have access to that, but you can go to – uh, Panda Express, mm-hmm. and you can get their grilled teriyaki chicken, and you can get it a la carte, the large one. It's it's not cheap, but it's also it's a lot of chicken. It's like ten, twelve bucks, and it's probably close to a pound and a half. Yeah. And then you've got just some straight chicken right there that's grilled. Yeah, it's got soy sauce, and that's not the greatest thing. But I think that eating that chicken is going to be better than eating. Uh, a lot of the other stuff that you could be going through, getting French fries and getting that kind of crap. That's yeah. just empty calories. Yeah, you're right. Um, another here, <laughs> this is a funny one, but a uh, go-to uh, for eggs for breakfast. And I don't know if you know this, but Jack in the Box, they fry an, a real egg. They're not using eggs from the cartons. They're not doing okay. anything. They're popping a real egg on the griddle and frying it up. And so you can buy go and buy like, what it, what was it? It was uh, the croissant breakfast sandwich and I'd get the croissant on the side. And so you buy three of them and I think they're like, uh, they're like a dollar 99 each. So you buy three of them and then you got three eggs. And plus I, I never, eat, I usually would eat like a one of the kind of flimsy croissants with it. But, um, that was a really easy way and quick way to get uh, real eggs in my system. Now, you know, me, <laughs> we talk quite frequently and you see me going uh, to McDonald's for breakfast and I do do it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think, you know, they're using the carton eggs. And I know that for a fact, cause I asked, but 
um, all those are, are eggs with a little bit of uh, citric acid in them. And the citric acid, all that does is uh, makes it shelf stable. So it's just whipped up eggs and they're pouring it on a griddle and whatever. So I like to get their, their big breakfast, which is three pancakes. Um, it comes with a sausage uh, patty, uh, a bunch of scrambled eggs and um, a biscuit. And then I have basically uh, a full breakfast. And I usually do this after like a max out session or a, if I've had a big week, like I'm, I'm that's where I'm going. Uh, that's what I'm getting there. And, um, get an orange juice or a coffee with it. And it's just, it works. Um, and I just, I think that we can, as athletes, there's not everybody out there can't always afford all the good stuff. And we've talked, we've been talking about this kind of for the past three shows about ways to eat, uh, efficiently and affordable. And these are, these are just some, some really good ways. Um, bean burritos at Taco Bell. Bean burrito. What's what's wrong with a bean burrito, right? Refried beans, a little bit of sour cream. There is so much protein in the. I mean, the amount of protein in those bean burritos are people aren't going to believe it. Right now, (laughs) it's crazy, and they're like, I I don't know, I don't remember the price of them. They're they're under two dollars. I know that. They're not. They're not sixty nine cents back when I was. Oh man, (laughs) I used. When I was growing up in high school, I used to live uh, pretty close. I was probably out a block away from a Taco Bell, and I was like there every day. It was getting gas and then getting my Taco Bell. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I just think that, um, you know, fast food gets a bad rap for a very good reason. But let's take another, you know, take the time to look at the menu because there are some things on there that are pretty, you know, you can do. I don't know. Yeah, well, like, I know we're just sticking to kind of McDonald's right now, so that's fine. Yep. But you can get, I believe, two McDoubles for $4 yep. right now. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be four patties. Uh, if you are trying to limit the calories but still get the most, like, protein, and I, I'm a big fan of eating fat. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you eat fat, uh, you're going to stay fuller longer. If yeah. you eat a lot, a lot of carbs, you're going to get energy quick, but it goes away fast, and then you're hungry again. Right. So get two McDoubles, take two of the pieces of bread, throw them away, give them to the birds if you. There you go. Not wanting to be wasteful, uh, at, meaning throw it out the window and the birds will get it. <laughs> <laughs> then take those two patties and squish them between the other, the other burger. Yep. Now you've got a four by four of. It's not a big burger, but it's four bucks. And that's going to be a lot more protein and a lot less of the, the crap stuff that you don't necessarily want to eat. One of the guys I used to work for like forever ago, he used to get the, he would, that's what he would do. But then he would have them add extra, like a bunch of onions on top just yeah. for flavor. Yeah. And well, yeah, it, Dairy Queen, you can go and you can get the, uh, the patties on lettuce. You can do, they'll just do it on lettuce if you want it on lettuce. And they'll put everything on it, onions. The one thing I like about uh, Dairy Queen is they put mustard on their hamburgers. <laughs> so um, I, I personally, my, I know my body needs the carbs. And so I will eat the buns. Um, I don't eat fries, though. And uh, actually, I take that back. I'm very specific. I'll eat, uh, I'll eat Wendy's fries because I know they cut those pretty fresh. Well, maybe. Those are the best. Uh, they are the best. And they put a so much salt on them. And I'm just like, they're, they're so good. Uh, um, but 
you know, you just take the time to look at the menus because there are things on there that are affordable that are definitely uh, worth putting in your body and aren't going to be loaded up with all that fake and sodium and stuff like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I know Carl's Jr. You can order pretty much any burger they have a protein style and it's going to be wrapped in lettuce. Oh, dang. Um, yeah, they have like the protein style double or protein style double six dollar burger. That that's not easy to finish. Like <laughs> I, I haven't had one in a while, but okay. I remember it, and it it's a lot bigger than you think. I think I got and, some homework here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the other stuff is you can get two burgers and no fries and be pretty comp- comparable on calories. Yeah, and you're going to get so much more out of the second burger than you would out of the fries. Yeah. And that's oftentimes where I would say get the, maybe get one of them protein style and one of them regular. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody's different how they want to eat. And yeah, like I'm lucky enough to, okay, I'm going to say some controversial stuff right here, but <laughs> I live in the Mecca of in and out and yeah. I think it is overrated. Oh shit. It's never worth that line. It doesn't move as fast as you claim it does. Nope. And the food is good, but it's not the best food in the world. But if there's no one in line and I see that there's no line, yeah, I'll pull in and I'll go get some food. Yeah. And I always get a four by four animal style. Yeah. And that's going to be to me so much more satisfying than even getting like two burgers. Mm. You know, <laughs> so we have an in and out up here. It's about 45 minutes away from Portland. Um, it's been up here for about three-ish years, and I've still never gone because I don't... I, I've been in and out in California, but there, you, there's nothing that's going to get me to wait in that line. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter the time of day. It's like Oregonians think in and out is the, I mean, the greatest thing since sliced bread, I'll just say. They, they just think it's the, the most amazing. I have people I work with that will actually drive 45 minutes just to get that, like, on a, a weekly basis. And I just find that, like, <laughs> so much better things you can be doing with your time. But to each his own. I try not to judge. Uh, <laughs> um, dude, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add to the to the fast food? Or to the efficient eating uh, that's affordable? No. Yeah. I'm really trying to think here. (laughs) (laughs) I think we hit some really good points. Yeah. The nice part is you can always go on – every restaurant has a website. It has their nutrition facts. It has the calories. It has – learn what's around you. Yeah. Like don't go to fast food – when you don't have a clue what you're going to order. I know. Cause you're just going to order the same old thing every time. I mean, and it, yeah, it goes along with what we're saying here. Take the time to do the thing to play the long game, because yeah. if you want to, if you want to be in the sport for a while, and I think I mean, look at our master's division, look at how, if you ever go to a master's like national masters or whatever tournament, uh, I just said tournament. Oh my God. Tournamante. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> if you go to a meet, um, they, uh, did, I mean, there's guys out there lifting in their, in their seventies and, and there's something to be said about that. And so like, I just, I, I will say I'm going to use the word preach, but I, 
play that long game. This is such a beautiful sport. Like, why wouldn't you take the time to, you know, do it for as long as you possibly can? I don't know. That's just my biased opinion. Yeah, there was, I used to surf a long time ago, and I remember hearing these old guys talking about it, and uh, they were like, what other sports can people, can guys play, this this was guys talking, so yeah. we'll say people, Yeah, that they can play all the way into their 70s or 80s. Yeah, And they're like, surfing is one of those things that you can just paddle out. You don't necessarily have to catch the big waves. You don't have to go out on the, the big, real big days, but you can go out there and hang out with friends. Yeah. And I look at weightlifting just like that. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to be lifting what you're lifting when you were younger forever, yeah. but you're always going to be chasing those numbers. You're always going to like, as long as you can lift a bar, like you can still have fun. Exactly. And I look at these old guys that in their seventies, eighties, Howard Cohen is 90 or something. He's got like his slip on old man shoes and <laughs> I mean, his, there's no such thing as a lockout, and, yeah. <laughs> but he's still having so much fun out there. Right. And, um, you weren't at Masters Worlds, but we met this guy who is like 85 years old who flew in from Scotland. Wow. And he was in a kilt and all this stuff, and I, he was pissed off because he couldn't afford to buy any whiskey. <laughs> so I ended up going to those a liquor store down the street and I got him a, a little bottle and I was like, you didn't get this for me and I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But like, you can do this as long as you, if you put the work into it, you can do this for so much longer than you think. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good message for a lot of things in life, but like just put the effort, put the work in and, uh, you know, good things happen. So Dude, 53 minutes, our longest show yet. I like it. And that flew cool. by. <laughs> nice. Cool, man. Um, so uh, got any big uh, any big training things, any big lifts you're going for or, or competitions or, you know, anything coming up in the in your world? Well, to, in exactly 12 hours and two minutes, the SoCal Maverick Summer Championship Classic, whatever, mm-hmm. SoCal Meet. Sponsored by Maverick Weights, yep. uh, that is becoming available for registration. Oh, the last meet was sponsored by Virus, and it sold out in less than two hours. Wow! So I literally have two alarms set. I have <laughs> the website opened up and ready to just refresh and then hit register. Nice. Uh, that's pretty much it right now. Didn't you say that every? Uh... If you win a weight class, you get a barbell? Yes, they are giving away barbells to every single weight class, uh, men oh. and women. Dude, I haven't been to a SoCal meet, and they sound awesome. I've watched. They're great. I think I've watched a little bit of one, but, I, man, they just sound they sound so much fun. I, I can't wait to, to get down there and, and actually do one. You know, it's my goal to get down there at least once a year. And uh, I think I'm coming down before that meet. I originally was going to do that meet, but yeah. Nice. Anyways, dude. Well, uh, great show. And uh, man, get out there, lift some weights, people, um, eat some good food and don't overeat. Just balance, 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 balance. (laughs) You got anything? Exactly. Yeah. Got anything to say? Leave the people with? No, that's it. All right. Have fun. 
go have fun. Exactly. Play the long game. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, and uh, we'll see you next time.